Welcome to your first episode of Clon Bike Cast, your one-stop shop for all the news and information about the Clonakilty Bike Festival and beyond. In this episode, we linked up with Tavoli from the Bike Life Podcast and Warmshowers.org, connecting Denver, Colorado to Clonakilty West Cork, where we shared about how we started the bike festival, our vision for the future, and some stories from the road. Enjoy. Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavar Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Although you may have found us on any of your favorite listening apps, make sure you download the Himalaya app and follow us there to stay informed of when new episodes air, and we will be offering special episodes and goodies on the Himalaya app only. And it's free, and it can be accessed from anywhere in the world, and it will allow you to curate your own favorite playlist. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Bike Life Podcast. And today is super special because we are actually going to be interviewing Allison and Justin of the Klana Kilty. I think I said that right, <laughs> Bike Festival, and also bringing them on to the Bike Life Podcast. So if you're listening to this at the start of the festival, we are super excited to be a part of the festival and hear more about Allison and Justin and how they got started and also to share more about warm showers. So Allison and Justin, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This is like serendipity that we even are doing this. It's, it's amazing. We we have been able to figure out a way to make technology work to our favor while you guys are in Ireland and I'm in Colorado. And we are just days away from the launch of your festival, which is going to be entirely virtual. So this is super exciting. Yeah. I mean, we're it's going to be virtual, but it's also going to be people on bikes. So we're kind of bridging trying to bridge mm. the gap between mm. having to be online all the time in front of screens, which everybody's sick of at the minute, by doing organized events that happen in synchronized around the, the world. Mm. Right. I'm glad that you clarified that. So, um, and I know that there was a little pause there and I think it's because you guys were deciding, wait, what? Did she just say it's all virtual? And I, I, what I wanted to express is that people can participate from anywhere. They don't have to be located where you are in order to participate. So they can be on their bikes doing their own participation in the festival from anywhere the anywhere in the world yeah it's sort of the first time that that's ever been possible because we've been doing it for nine years and usually it's just everyone gathers in our town on bikes and we have these massive uh kind of super joyful bike events out in the open but you know obviously because of the the lockdown situation um we can't do that I mean we were only now now in Ireland we're only allowed to have groups of four people so Alison had this brilliant idea that we could run a festival where people could go out in groups of four, do cool stuff together on bikes, and then check in on on our website with pictures and stuff. You know, so there's loads of stuff where people are biking and then checking back in online. Um, and kind of maybe we'll feel like we're all together because we are. Yeah. I love that a lot because you're still fostering community and and trying to overcome the fact that a lot of people just feel really isolated, especially if they're used to um, biking and being a part of larger groups. People are are definitely feeling they're they're definitely feeling the loss of that connection. So that's that's really brilliant. Sure. 
And and then there's all these virtual events. I mean, it's all Alison had this brainwave that it could still go ahead, which was amazing. Uh, so we've, you know, over, over the last, I don't know, nine years, we've travelled around the world and we've connected with a lot of really great community bike organisations. So we're going to be linking up with them and and sort of for the first time expanding from our little town in Ireland all the way out to Peterborough, Ontario and Corella, Spain and London, England and stuff. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, that sounds amazing. How, like, how did you guys start the festival? What was what was the driving force for you? Um, I think probably, like, I think, I don't know, did you used to cycle as a kid? I used to cycle as a kid and then in university and then I had a bit of a lag when in my late teens, early 20s probably, and I was travelling on planes a lot more than on, on a bicycle. And then we moved here and a friend of our, came and, and lived with us for a few months from Australia, Ben Redding. Shout out to Ben Redding. Yeah. He'll, he'll be on the festival from Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he just like, he's a man who loves, he's an electrician by trade and he loves, you know, his tools and he loves looking after things. And he, you know, he loved his bike and he, he kind of taught us the love of bikes again. And mostly about, we got a couple of really crappy mountain bikes. We didn't have any money, you know, we got a couple of really crappy mountain bikes after that and didn't love them. But we, you lear- we learned from him that passion about um, loving your bike really transforms the experience of cycling and then at the exact same time another two friends or another two friends came into our life yeah. that um were running a festival the carry bike festival up in another part of ireland and we had we kind of had got the bug a little bit and then they came and, and talked to us about their festival and went oh, we should you know we should do that in clon and they were amazing and this is what we love about community when they're community organizations and that's why we love warm showers too. But, um, they were just like, right. We'll just share all our paperwork, you know, everything we have written, all our safety statements. We'll just tell you everything you need to do. So it's easier. Whereas, you know, a lot of time, if you're doing something for business, there's so much secrecy and people want to hold back. I've, I've done that work and, you know, I don't want to share it, but when it's a community organization, things just grow and people want to share and develop. So one of the first events, their most popular event was called meals on wheels, which I didn't realize they had, they actually do have meals on wheels here like we do in Canada, but they, um, so meals on wheels is for the festival is a four or five course dinner at mystery locations. So it starts at a point. So say it like, I think they normally start at about three or 4 PM. And then we have five courses in different stops, mystery. So that's been our main event for the last nine years that we sells out immediately. It's the only event that we charge for, because we obviously have to pay for the food. But that's showed us too, like food and bikes basically are just a winning combination. So yeah. they, it's kind of grown, it's grown <laughs> out of that event and then loads of basically just celebrating the local area. So lots of stuff around bird watching and history. You know what was history. In, uh, There was one thing I remembered was this was about nine, eight or nine years ago, nine years ago. We, when we came to this town a, dec- a decade ago, we joined this group called Sustainable Clonakilty. And they were a really... Um, at that point, quite dynamic group, and they were trying to do sort of sustainability work. Um, and we did, we said we'd organise an event for them, and we did a tweed run on bikes where everyone cycled to the beach wearing like dapper tweed suits and things, you know. <laughs> and um, and like it was super fun, and 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 rather than sort of worrying about climate change and sustainability in a sort of negative way, we were all just having like super fun on the bikes and getting empowered as a group you know and then we got home and we're like hey that was super fun and then we just said to each other hey we should do that again no let's not do that again let's organize a whole festival you know 
And I think one thing that was, it's always been a really fun uh, week of the year and a lot of people in the town really look forward to it because it's kind of like the start of the summer. It's super fun getting together with friends on bikes. And that's something that makes sort of sustainability and climate change work more, you know, if it's fun, you know, it doesn't have that kind of guilt-ridden sort of thing where you go around with your head down thinking, oh, my God, how can I tackle this challenge? The other thing that happened in the very first year, which was serendipity again, was we were, like, it was the two of us and our third friend, Angie, who she's a bit involved still every now and then, um, but the three of us kind of organised the first festival. Um, And, like, two days before the first festival, we had one of the events was, like, a... We always have a um, a bike workshop, like a mobile bike workshop bike or people clinic. can bike clinic. Um, and like Justin, you know, he, he does a bit of bike mechanic stuff. I'm, I don't do any bike mechanic stuff, but between it, like, you know, he's just beginning. So we were kind of had this event and we didn't actually know what we were doing, right? Like aside from pumping tires and doing a bit of maintenance. And I met, I saw this beautiful old vintage rally bike in the, was it a rally? In the, in our lane, one of our laneways in town, Spillers Lane. And I kind of popped my head into the shop and went, oh, whose bike is that out front? Like, I, I'm very good at the face-to-face PR. I'm, I'm rubbish on, on social media, but, you know, I'll go in and be like, oh, bike, by the way, it's a bike festival in two days. You've got a beautiful bike. And this guy, Jack, it turned out to be Jack, who um, he's, he, you know, he's retired at that stage. He's actually, he's American originally. And he was just like, tell me about the festival what do you need? I'm in. And since yeah. then, he's wow. he's been he's the third member. So the three of us have been organizing it ever since. But Jack is kind of like he's the kind of Godfather esque figure that kind of looms in the background, supporting us and encouraging us. And he is now in last year. It's been a year now since we've been back from a big road trip, and we've been wanting to start up a, a community workshop. Jack's big thing is he's he's a mechanic. He can he, so he's been wanting to do that. So we've had ah. last year we've had our bike workshop community bike workshop open called the bike circus and that's really his baby yeah so he's down there it's great because now we have an actual physical location and a base that is yeah. all year round that he manages and we kind of do more of the events and the, the kind of yeah. fun stuff and tons more people are getting on bikes all the time because they can come down and mend their own bike and learn and join the community i think we have about 100 members now of the community bike shop so that's cool so did you guys actually set up like an organization around the festival or is it just still something that you guys put together? Um, it's very, totally like and, and, rock, and, you know? it's, Yeah, it's very cobbled together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have- My other job is I'm a musician and I spent years playing in bands and like screen printing our own posters and, you know. Yeah, I think Justin and I yeah. kind of fell in love over screen printing. Yeah, and like DIY. So we, do, we like DIY <laughs> stuff that doesn't make any money, basically. And, you know, every about. year people come to us offering to like slick it up and have corporate sponsorship and all this stuff. And we're just like, ah, no, we're just not interested. We really, we yeah. love that we just photocopy our own posters and, you know, yeah. we, screen, well, you can, we get yeah, a friend to not, screen print t-shirts. You can do things so last minute and you can come up with ideas yeah, and just and, run with them. And a lot of people actually really appreciate the vibe of it that like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not been taken over by. But one of the coolest of- things about a bicycle festival, especially, I think, especially we're rural. So we've got lots of space around us is like, we don't have, um, many overheads, you know, it requires people showing up with their own bike. So there aren't, you know, in other festivals, you know, you, you need venues, you need all these, all this infrastructure and, and stuff and decorations. Bike festivals are amazing. So they're just about whoever turns up, that's, that's who's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it works. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a great, especially a great friend of, of ours in town named Ray Blackwell runs, uh, our local, when, 
you know, if you ever come this way, you'll go there. Um, um, De Barris, which is this legendary pub in town where there's loads of gigs. And he said to us early on, he's a big supporter and, and was letting us use the, the venue and stuff. But he said, the main thing is you keep doing it. You know, don't, you know, if you're tempted, to, we had a baby, you know, to, when you're tempted to, to take a year off and stuff, just keep doing it, even if you do it in a very small way. Mm-hmm. He runs our our uh, guitar festival every September with, and it's the same, it's mm-hmm. only two or three of them that run yeah, that every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Massive festival, international people coming around. But they just, just by keeping something small and it becomes your thing that you, you do for the town and it's something just great that you kind of, you add to the, you know, this amazing, dy- this Clonakilty is an amazing dynamic town with festivals every kind of second weekend. Um, and just to add to that and, and, and do it every year, then it grows naturally mm. and you don't have to, you don't have to put much, you don't have to put much yeah. promotion into it. It's just word of mouth and it, it kind of grows. Di- but to keep it going is the main thing. Cause like you mm. said, if you take one year off and that's what my fear was for this year, if we skip it and say, ah, we can't do it because of the lockdown. Right. Next year, it might not be as easy to get it going again. You know, I'm super proud as well, just to add one more thing, that we've done it for nine years and we've really just done it just for the crack of it, really. Like, you know, but in obviously in the back of our minds, we're both kind of, you know, we both like to have a bit of activism and a bit of punk rock, you know. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, but we've really done it just to have fun with the people of the town on bikes. But over the last nine years, we have seen like a massive change in the town in terms of like way more people on bikes we were the first town in Ireland then to have our own rural um, white bike scheme where, where you could hire a bike or borrow a bike as part of a, a cooperative thing. So that was like in all the national press. And then we were one of the first towns in Ireland to have um, a, a, uh, a cycling without age trishaw where we can take older mm. people on bike rides. You know, and now we've got the workshops. Now we've it's got kind the of bike sprung circus. up. So really, so one of our years, one of our big plans. This. We don't have much support from the council, unfortunately, and it's not. We don't have any infrastructure. There's no bike lanes here at all. So that's and we're kind of trying to poke at that. I try to poke at that regularly, but I get nowhere. But one of the things is we can. We're trying to make it a bike town without any infrastructure. So just to start announcing it, this is a bike town where people cycle, and hopefully the infrastructure then will follow. Yeah. Because one of the big right. setbacks, like all over the world, if there's no infrastructure. Cars drive fast on the roads. The roads in Ireland are incredibly narrow, so a lot of people feel like it's it's too dangerous. And as a beginner, I could understand that completely. Um, so trying to create um, create a a movement that's cycling that this is a cycling town, yeah. and then hopefully the the infrastructure will come to support it. So the next one of the big projects, and right. one thing I'm trying to push for this festival is to get one of those cycle buses going. Um, so to to get you know you have a few adults um, and the kids and you pick up the kids on their bikes on different spots around the town and then take them to school. Hmm. And that seems to be, there's a few really successful ones in Limerick and Galway. And we're going to have a forum on that. One of the events that's next Saturday at 5 PM, the 6th. And um, just to see if we can get one of those going. Cause I think one of the things I've seen that transforms cycling anywhere in the world is when you get kids on bikes the, you know, the system and the structures and the powers that be can't say, oh, you know, it's just, you know, middle-aged men in Lycra or it's just, you know, it's just punks, you know, or like grungy or or the poor, you know, there's a lot of, oh, it's just people who don't have enough money that cycle. There's all these kind of visions. But when you see kids in groups going to school on bikes, it's one of the most beautiful things and it's so joyful. And then you have Mm. to admit the roads are not safe enough. You know, Mm. we need to make the roads safe kids should be able to cycle half a kilometer to school safely. Like mm-hmm. it's a very small town right. and it's not safe to go around cycling for kids yet. And that's a shame. Yeah. Right. 
And so are other cities or other organizations, have they reached out to you to be able to maybe replicate the work that you're doing? Because what I love that you're doing is so grassroots and you've been able to like see the change happen. So I envision that there are other places that would love to see this type of festival or even just community engagement take place in their towns. Yeah, it's funny because like we are linked up with lots like across Ireland. There's a lot of different, you know, there's the Kerry Bike Festival where we we got our ideas then there's the cork cycling campaign the dublin cycling campaign but we're really like the only bike festival sort of of this mm. niche you know and and i don't know if it could really be rolled well there's out some amazing niching's happening around like, totally, like Roher. Yeah. there's yeah. some amazing um especially around community bike workshops there's a lot of amazing community bike workshop workshops there's a lot of amazing community bike workshop place we live and the energy of the community here yeah it, it just sort of you know we planted the seed of it but it just sort of flowered because because we do live in quite an extraordinary little sort of place. So, I think, so every- I think we could sort of give, you know, we can obviously talk, you know, like we are now about what we did, but what we did really was just like have a bit of fun on bikes and it grew from there. Well, it's you know, great. That wasn't you really can make, a strategy. With a festival, you can like, if anybody's even thinking about it that's listening to this, all you have yeah. to do is make a list of events and, print, and, and then print them and posters. hand them out and yeah. then people show up. It's so easy to do a simple, yeah. you know, the, yeah, the really easy is. one and that's all it takes, but it, it, it suits your community. One of the things I was thinking about was last summer, I, I, I got invited to be part of an Erasmus exchange program. So around Europe, students exchange and the Erasmus program was all about um, sustainability and students. Um, and it, it's, it's cool. It's very unique, this program, because the guy who, who wrote all the, 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 who's doing all the paperwork for it, his vision, he's a teacher um, from Spain in Corella. And the vision was to get like... Um, kind of psychological or environmental kind of activists as the adults with the students. So you get both like adults and students experiencing, uh, you know, getting inspiration in exchange. So we went to the, the first one, which was in Corella, Spain, and the biciclistas de Corella were like, they're like our kindred spirits. We met this gang of, of Spanish, Spanish, beautiful human beings that we didn't know existed who are just on the exact same page as us yeah. but they're further along they've been going a bit longer they don't run a festival but they're more of like a, a town-wide they've they've done roots but they just so much in common so it's amazing when you do find people and you just click and we went ah oh. so it's great this year they were going to come over this year and be part of the festival and now they can't so we we kind of said it's great we can invite them and and christina is going to be speaking on the wheel women forum as part of the panel but they've done some amazing things and one thing so we got very inspired coming back from there. And that's why we kind of were getting involved in doing the um, the bike workshop. But one of the things that we saw with them especially is the membership. That's why we, we wanted to get something with members. Once you have members, you can get, you can show on paper, you have right. community support to right. council. And they had members that like they had their... Um, their town mayor, you know, they had yeah. accountants and teachers and lawyers signed up and they, their membership, it wasn't a bike workshop. So it was just to support the movement, support what their work, eight euros for a year membership. And they had, I think they had 300 or maybe even maybe, 800 yeah. members. Yeah. It was loads of members. And and then they could show on paper, we have all these people. And if they needed help, they needed help with accounts or they needed help with planning. They'd go through their list and figure out who they could ask for help. And they, you know, it's really yeah, tangible. Right. You feel so supported so what we didn't do we didn't do that in the first bunch of years because we're not very good at paperwork and keeping emails and stuff like that but now that we have this list from the bike circus people sign up as members you feel like you've got a force behind you Mm -hmm. you feel really encouraged and supported and Mm -hmm. i think that's really um that's really crucial for making the movement go 
into actually making change on like hard infrastructure. Right. And that's advocacy. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this to you right before we started recording is my background is nonprofit management. So I've worked for a variety of organization over the years and there's, you know, there's different programs and even in in informal organization like yours that can implement, but the advocacy piece, it becomes important, right? Because you have you have a voice, you have issues, you have knowledge that oftentimes our government structures don't have. And so when you put your attention into advocacy, there are so many benefits that can happen. And honestly, because I've worked um, in public private partnerships for our mayor's offices in Colorado, I've worked for two different mayors. I can tell you that they actually appreciate organizations that can come to them in like a cohesive, collective, well thought out manner because it's information that they wouldn't otherwise have. So I, I definitely recommend sure, you guys yeah. continue to think about that because it there is great power in organizations when they approach their governments in a in a um, advocacy format. We're yeah. so we're also members of um, Cyclist.ie, which is the the national um, cycling advocacy group. Um, so I'm trying, I'm learning a bit more yeah. about that through them as well. Cause they're very, they're very proactive on that, um, on that kind of, um, that level. Um, but we're, I'm, that's still something I'd love to talk yeah, to. Yeah. I'm happy to help. I, 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 it's great to get you, it's exactly that you have to get the information in the right mm-hmm. format. You kind of have to collect it properly and then present it properly. So they, so you have ears that will listen to you yeah. and everyone, I mean, right now is the time everyone knows that there needs to be more infrastructure for sustainable transport and for people to get, you know, health and wellness and mental health, be getting outside, exercise, mm-hmm. fresh air. It's everybody knows it, but the system unfortunately just doesn't, um, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't support it yet, yeah. but they know it. Like when I talk to them, like, Oh yeah, we must do something about that. I'm going, okay, do it. But I don't know how, yeah. you know, to get from right. there to say, this is, let me help you. Let me just, right. Trust me, I, I have the, I'll just do it. Can I just do it with my own painting? You're saying, we'll just get our own road paint out. Just do it yeah. ourselves. I do think there is something, there is something um, to be said for tackling this as a part of a solution to our environmental issues because of pollution, uh, pollution alone. And being able to get more people safely on bicycles is a big piece of, you know, it's a, it's a smart city solution in the United States, actually. There's a lot of different initiatives, and I'm sure that there are cities that have developed, not just in North America, but around the world, that have developed these, like, massive plans and research into how improving access to um, wayfares, right, for, for bicycles to eliminate less cars on the road. I mean, just environmentally, that yeah. most cities have to pay attention to that. If they're not, let alone all the other things you mentioned, right, mental health, fresh air, exercise. I mean, the list, there's, there's, there's not a downside. That's the thing is where there's, there's no negative. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> what, that's what, ins- that's what inspires us so much every year that we keep like living without a car or cy- cycling more and doing the festival is just, and, and now with the bike workshop teaching, you know, I'm helping teach people learn how to build their own bike. It's just like, you know, I remember Alison was telling me a friend of ours that we met on the exchange from um, Pernilla. Copenhagen. She said, "You know, give me any problem in the city, and I'll solve it using a bicycle." Mm. You know, and that was just such a powerful statement because Pernilla's, it is an, ama- it's an amazing. She's going to be on our Wheel Women Forum yeah. um, next Sunday as well. Mm. She's amazing. She she's one of the coordinators for the international the um, cycle without age the tri shots. But she she's she lives it too. She's any yeah. problem. 
all I of love the bicycle that. can be the solution. And it's true. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't take right. much to, no. to, to show. It's super democratic. Anyone can really learn to build their own bike. I mean, both the bikes I ride, I didn't really pay 10 bucks for. I, one of them was out of a skip of the recycling center and I rebuilt it. You know, it's it's cheap. Anyone can learn to ride it. Then you can go anywhere around the world. We have this amazing. You know, it's amazing. Th- in this part of the world, West Cork, like um, Ireland is very different. Like I'm Canadian. So moving here, it's a very rural where we are. It's very rural, a lot of farming. And it didn't, it wasn't built like North America was built for cars. Right. Really. It, it, the infrastructure here was built around walking and Horse horses and and then bicycles and like bicycles. We have this beautiful book of um, people in hospital who wrote accounts of cycling in West Cork when they were growing up, Mm -hmm. like painters with paint on the handlebars and people didn't have money for cars. Cars didn't come here that soon. The roads were crap. So Mm -hmm. bikes were so big for so long. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as, you know, when the auto boom and the Celtic Tiger, which is what they call the big, um, the big financial boom here, when that happened, um, bikes were kind of forgotten about. And it's what always gets me is, the roads, you, you forget the roads are for, like, it seems simple, but the roads are for everyone. So it doesn't make sense to me that cars dominate yeah, sure. these these little laneways, then, you know, then cyclists and, and pedestrians don't feel safe anymore. And I was saying, like, imagine if we didn't have such a high volume of, of cars, your, even our kids could play on the streets mm-hmm. again. Like those, the, the kind of quiet and the mm-hmm. safety for kids playing and running between each other's houses, the only reason that's dangerous is cars. Right. You know, it's not, we don't have anything else is if there's fear factor, but it is really the cars that you're watching out for. And to, to it's such a very brief history that this has happened here and the roads mm. don't support it and the infrastructure doesn't That's very interesting. It. I'm sure there's a lot of places that uh, in the world that have experienced that similar type Um, evolution of what the roadways are for. Um, I want to tell you, there's one thing that Warm Showers, we've been thinking about doing on our end, which is becoming a hub to bring together organizers of festivals or other community organizations that are addressing different issues to make bicycling accessible to everyone. So we're looking at a way that we can become like a hub for people to come and share information, especially for organizers, right? Especially at like at your level, not necessarily at the community level, only because we would refer them to you, um, but to share ideas and advocacy issues. And there's, I know there's a couple of different groups that do that already. And you know, we're, we're, it would be amazing. I yeah. mean, we need to talk about warm showers. I know. It would be so amazing yeah. if you had like warm showers. We love warm showers. Had a list of festivals. And then you had people being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, festival hop through these yeah. like small rural festivals that are grassroots mm. festivals rather than, you know, it doesn't, we have the, what's Euro Velo, the massive ones, yeah. you know, that are huge and it's all campaigning. But these grassroots festivals that you can actually find them because they're, they're hard to find. And you can discover a new place, you know, yeah. you can really get to know. But the Warm Showers ethos matches right. our festival right. because you would then say, where can I, who can, who can right. I stay with? You know, mm. can I crash with somebody? And then you have like full, right. We've even, you know, full and exchange. And we've even thought happening. about ways of um, being able to have that viewable on our map, right? Because we have such a strong mapping system Ooh. that once you're a user in, in our system, we can, we can put anything on the map that we want to put on the map. Like we've been looking at ways to potentially have either cafes or bike shops be able to be listed on our map because 
people use our map for right. a lot, yeah. right? Especially when it comes to finding somewhere yeah. to stay. And we think about that, like what what else can we what else can we add to the map to enhance our cycling community? And one of the challenges we face, and so we'll kind of dive into that, one of the challenges we face is that the way that our technology was built originally, which at the time was amazing, right? We're talking a group of of coders, developers got together. They were all passionate bicyclists, yeah. um, and they yeah. they yeah. they started an Excel spreadsheet. And the Excel spreadsheet, you know, grew to something else, grew to something else, and ended up in a a backend software system that you know literally four or five, six years ago was like under ten thousand, and we currently have over one hundred and thirty five thousand registered users in our system. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Taverly, would you give us, would, would you give us the, sh- the, the background, just yeah. give us the, what is warm showers for our listeners in case we've got mm. people. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. Cause when we found out about warm showers, we're like, how do yeah. we not know about this already? <laughs> so we, t- we tell everyone that we love we it. We've had some amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I'm happy to hear that. But you say warm showers and people are like, yeah, especially what in North America, that? because people, you know, we, yeah. we definitely have some, yeah. some server issues getting our name blocked in certain places. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is a, it is a community of touring sites that offer reciprocal hospitality. Like our goal is to provide, our, actually our goal is to be the top notch technology provider for cyclists to find hosts when they're touring and be a source of information for the bicycle community, especially the long-term cycling community. And what I really love about Warm Showers is that our hosts and cyclists, you know, there's no exchange of dollars, but our community is so passionate about what they do that most of our hosts and really our hosts are the driving horse, driving force behind the success of what we do because they open their home, right? Hosts open their home to people that they don't know, but know that have a, a passion for, for cycling and give them a place to stay or to take a shower, hence the warm showers, right? Give them a chance to take a shower and oftentimes provide meals or if it's during a time when you're in restriction and I don't, I don't use the, um, I don't use the C word, so I call it Q-Town while we're in Q-Town. Um, you know, they might offer their lawn for somebody to camp, right? So it is sure. it is a resource where you can create a profile and connect to hosts or other touring cyclists around the globe. And we currently have um, – we have 135,000 active um, user accounts in our system, but that's not to say that all 135,000 are actually actively touring or hosting, right? Sure. So we're, we're actually in the process of updating our system and allowing those that have not been active for the last two years to be removed from the system so they can, so we can provide accurate information on our map. Sure. So when you join, you know, when you sign up as a user at Warm Showers, you're, if you're touring somewhere, you create a path or you select a destination, or even just if you allow your location to load your map, it will give you a list of all the hosts in your area at any time, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, we've had, amazing. we've had amazing both on both ends of it. We've, we've hosted some amazing people here. And, and I always find, like, I describe it as, um, couch surfing. Yeah, cyclists. exactly. Yeah. But when, when I, and, and the thing for me is, I mean, couch surfing, we, we've not done the couch surfing thing, but that's kind of open to anyone. But the thing about cyclists, and we've met some people, not just cyclists, but, um, people who use warm showers, especially in France seem to be long distance mm-hmm. walkers. Mm-hmm. 
one guy we stayed with, that's what he did. He did warm showers all through the outer Hebrides of Scotland and was mm-hmm. camping and doing warm showers. But you have people that come to stay to your house and you're not traveling, you're doing your normal life. But if somebody come and stay with your house that's on like an epic adventure of a lifetime yeah. and you have dinner with them and they just are like, they're in the energy of adventure and mm-hmm. they're happy and they're like, it's contagious and you're inspired and you feel like at the end of their visit, you feel like you've been on a bit of a holiday because you feel like you know it's someone from another culture so you're you're mixing cultures they might speak a language you're practicing you get to practice a bit and you get to hear about everything they've done and the generosity that they've received and it kind of just re um, instills a faith it's basically faith in humanity every time right. isn't it, it we, of- we've made some lifelong friends really through warm showers and we've been saved our asses have been saved so many times through warm showers. And, and like, one of my favourite ones was, like, I think it was, like, the, the first time we actually used it on a tour, like, because we'd been hosting people for years. And and it was, like, on this tour. And we we'd had always been, like, cooking for people and having them. And then it was, like, OK, when are the, when are the cyclists? And we arrived, arrived at the first place ever. And this beautiful couple, young couple, invite us in. And, and like, we go in their flat and there's just nothing it's just like a couple of really muddy mountain bikes in the corner and a guitar and that was it. <laughs> and we're like, wow. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we just got back like two weeks ago from riding around the world for three oh, years. Oh, my goodness. And and we've just got in here. We've got like one bed and a couple of bikes and that's it. And we're like, wow. And they're like, yeah, but you guys are going to stay in our bed for sure. And we're like, oh, my God. And we had a one, probably a one-year-old at that time. Yeah, we so had a like little a, guy with us. And, you know, you have, you have your family and with you and you was, meet people. And it's amazing for, it's amazing traveling because we mostly from Cork. So we're in West Cork in the south of Ireland. So if you look at the map of Ireland, we're kind of down the bottom in the middle, quite close to a ferry that goes directly to France. So we often will go to France and um, cycle around there, or you can get to Spain quite easily. Um, so that's where we've used it mostly. But, and it's very well, I think, I don't know, maybe you could tell what are the countries that have the most warm showers? France seems it to be is. up there. France is up there. I would say it's in the top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Europe is very well mm-hmm. populated. Ireland, unfortunately, isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a general because people don't long distance cycle here, or 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 what. But there, we've kind of been trying to spread it a bit. There aren't that many in all of Ireland. I don't think that are offering yeah. warm showers. Um, but um, to like go around and I just remember that the one family that we met, I can't remember the names, and they were on that cycle path in the going down from Bordeaux and we went into their garden and they weren't cyclists. They weren't cyclists at all. And they were both retired. They were both over 60 and they both spoke nothing but French. So I can speak French. I'm Canadian. So we were speaking French and Justin speaks a bit of French and sitting in their garden and they were giving us fresh figs and we had this beautiful meal. And, you know, we, um, we, you know, we always pick up a bottle of wine or something on our way to the host. And we had our son with us again and we were like, so why are you doing warm showers? Like, you're not into cycling at all. How did you find out? She's like, oh, I read it in an article in a newspaper that they were doing the the new Euro Velo route was actually passing the end of our streets. And I, I read about that this warm showers thing where you could invite people to camp. And she's like, and our two kids have moved out and we have a spare room. So we just put it up there and we just welcome people yeah, to come and so stay beautiful. with us. And we Amazing. feed them. And we we're like, you, there's no reciprocity. There's no, um, what's the word? It was yeah. beautiful, yeah. There's no, really they, they're not, they're not, ch- and so many, so many people we met were like that. Yeah, yeah. just saying, I just want to do it because I thought it was a great idea. And, I and anyone it. I meet is lovely. and yeah. I love that. 
We've had no, we've, we've only had good experiences with it. Like it's been amazing. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, of course, in any organization, there's always going to be, um, missteps or mishaps along the way. I think that the majority, you know, 99% of our users have really good experiences and this is, there's something about taking money out of it. Once you take money out of it. Yeah. People shine. Well, and remember that, um, you know, I, I feel like now I'm going to be like the wet blanket on this great conversation is that we are actually rolling out a new user fee. I think I, t- I mentioned that to you. For That's the user fee. That's that's different from like no one's going to make no, money. No, like we're. Yeah, like between hosts no, and, yeah, exactly. and like tourists, we're, there's no exchange. Right. And that's really good, I think, because it keeps you on this kind of yeah. level. Yeah, we just, we just, and, and to answer that question, because I know that a lot of people that are part of Warm Showers for a long time, you know, we have mixed reviews about this concept. Half of our users feel strongly that um, we shouldn't charge a fee for new users, especially for hosts. Um, and then the other half, actually, we've gotten a ton of positive feedback saying we like that idea because it takes those that aren't serious about hosting or cycling, um, that aren't passionate about it, sure. out, out of it, right? Because we do get some spam, you know, we do, we do have some challenges managing an open registration platform, like open, right? Anybody can register and create a user profile. So for us, yeah, it is tricky because we also, sometimes there aren't, like you said, there's people mm-hmm. on there. It might take you a while to find a host because right. so many people might just be inactive. Mm-hmm. So that might clear up some of that too. We're gonna mm-hmm. de- well, we're gonna solve the inactive issue by um, you know just canceling accounts for people that are no longer interested. So they'll have the opportunity to log back in, and you know update their sure. profile. And if not, then we're gonna remove those accounts, and they can sign up again anytime. And then we're rolling out this new user fee, which is not for anybody who's been a part of Warm Showers in the past. It's gonna be anyone who signs up from here forward, and it's a one-time fee of thirty U.S. dollars. And we have a scholarship fund being set up, and of course discounts for countries where that is. Yeah. Uh, a high amount. So we're oh, one time, not even no, per year. No, no, it's one time. Yeah. We, the other organization that we love plugs for other organizations is work away mm-hmm. and they do the similar thing, but mm-hmm. it's an annual fee, but mm-hmm. for the same yeah. reason, it's a different exchange work mm-hmm. for, but it's, it's beautiful. They're our favorite two things to do when we're traveling. You just meet people. Yeah. It's good to meet yeah. people. And if you travel by bicycle and then you stay in hotels, you don't yeah. meet yeah. people. Yeah properly you know and you and and when you meet people you get the culture mm-hmm. and you are you integrate and it's amazing i was just going to say ask you um a bit of background sure. how when did warm showers actually start Ooh, i had a feeling you were going to ask me that question and i the actual registration of our 501c3 i would have to look that up i i cannot recall off the top of my head which is a funny thing to not know whatever was it like i was late, like 10 years late. ago randy fay he's the founder and um Lots of people will remember Randy Faye because he was around at the beginning and he started doing this, managing this. Do you guys, you're looking at each other. Do you know Randy Faye? I was wondering, no, I was just wondering, maybe we were, maybe we got on it quite early then. Yeah, 10 years. I would have thought it was a lot longer. No. We've been in it about nine, eight or nine years. It's in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's been about 10 years and we formalized our 501c3, which is established in Colorado. So Part of the reason why I was selected or I was interested in working for the organization is our actual legal status is in Colorado. So we manage it as a U.S.-based nonprofit organization. And, you know, my background is nonprofit management. So what I brought to the table is this deep understanding of community because I've been doing that my entire career, maybe in different formats outside of cycling, but understanding how, A, how does the legal side of running a nonprofit, especially a global nonprofit, because it's not – 
it's not as simple as people think when you're receiving donations and you're running programs and, and maintaining a database of people's personal information from every single country in the world. I mean, it's, it's not a small thing. And I'm sure you guys as users can appreciate the fact that we put a lot of time into making sure that our data and your data is secure. And uh, we have had several attacks on our site, believe it or not. People have uh, tried to mine our site for information several times. In fact, it just happened. It just happened like a month ago. We had... Um, we had this crazy incident out of an IP address in Belgium and 700,000 attempts to access our website occurred over like at every four hours. We're like seven, almost a million attempts every four hours to get into our database. So we definitely spend a lot of time on our technology and, and people may not realize that that is, yeah. that I mean, is a big that part of it. Money. That mm -hmm. must, I mean, that must cost oh, money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and technology may like security is not cheap, and we don't open source code any of our work anymore. We have a third party vendor that manages our website because it's just gotten so big, right? Yeah, our records, true. our records are all of the different sites and the way that it communicates on the back end for you to be able to find a host and have it appear on a map and create a Amazing. profile and yeah. accept yeah. a donation for anybody anywhere in the world. It's it's not a, it's not a small feat, really. Yeah. But you're saying too, as an organization. You had a governance board. You have a direct board of directors of five, was it? Correct. And then uh, we have a board of seven. Seven, and then yeah. pay like actual paid staff. It's still a very small organization, isn't it? Yeah, it's just me. It's just me. Yeah. Like I, I'm, and I'm contracted through my company in a part-time capacity. So I definitely work way more than you know what I'm compensated for. But I love what we do, and I know that we can hear a loud jet going Airplane, by. Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. I. I'm, I'm not many Colorado. of those right now. Yeah. Well, in Colorado, believe it or not, there are because I live near an Air Force base. So we have okay, a lot of yeah. jets. They're still going up. And, and, and then you always wonder, like, why are there so many jets flying at this time? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of offsets all your, yeah. all your cycling. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We um, had a brilliant save last year um, for a warm shower story. We took, we decided, so we, we, we kind of fell in love over screen printing and old cars. We love the old VWs, but we haven't had a car for seven years and we moved to town and we've been biking and loving it. We kind of decided for a bunch of reasons. One was my own, my mental health that we would get a camper van and do take three months on the road and just have a break, you know, and go travel and take some time off and bring our son because he's getting bigger um, and live in the van and get a VW like we always did. And we got this beautiful 25-year-old VW van and that was lots of stories of breaking down. But one story in particular, <laughs> after we've been on the road for maybe ten, 10 weeks yeah. nearly, yeah. getting near the end, we brought, we were driving from, we were driving across basically the very top of Italy towards France and we were trying to make it across the border, but the van just kind of gave up on the highway and we could only get, we could only get, <laughs> into, only get in second gear. into second gear and we we're crawling <laughs> around the highway and it ended up, there's Torino was there and we're like, okay, so I'm, I'm madly like technology, madly on the map trying to find it, you know, it was a, uh, an electrician, like auto, auto electrician to find it nearby so I found one and kind of drove the van in and the van died with it said on my Google Maps oh my 80 goodness. meters we, got 80 to, we, pushed we pushed it, it we just pushed it to the van oh my goodness and the van ended up having to be there for six days and it had been our home oh yeah it had been our home 
And we were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, we don't, you know, we don't have much money and what, what should we do? And we want to, we weren't expected to be here. And we're like, warm showers. We'll, I'll just get on warm showers and I'll put mm. the thing out. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest, we've got a van, but we had our bikes with us. And we're back we, on the bikes. This yeah. family, to this couple took us in. We ended up staying with them for, I think, for three or four nights. The last night, they weren't even in the house. They, they were going away. They left away. us their keys. They left us their keys and they had us. And it was the most, it was Amazing. like, you know, we were relying on this vehicle to house us. And the minute the vehicle went, the community came, you know, and then it's a bigger hug. You're just like, Mm. we just felt so. And it was like, we left the van in the garage. You could call it warmhugs.com. We we left the van in the garage. I love that. The engine falling out and we, and we packed a couple of bags and we just hopped on the bikes and pedaled across Turin and we're like, oh, back on the bikes. Yeah. That's the way, you know, what are we doing? So we sold the van. We got back and sold the van. Of course. That was a short Of course, that's. That is too funny. Well, I mean, I guess you had to learn. You had to you had to have yeah, one and yeah. try it. And you see. mind yourself every seven years. Exactly. Or so. Exactly. <laughs> well, this has been super fantastic. You know, thank you for being willing to come on Bike Life Podcast and for letting us come on your show and share part of your festival with our community we are excited to to meet you and Allison I mean you reached out to me and this has like opened the door of what we have been wanting to do with festivals like yours for a long time so just know you've been a catalyst for this so it's good there you go so anyone out there just drop Taverly a line when she when she sends you uh when she sends you it's funny because when you get an email you think it's from a big organization I didn't you don't expect a reply so you can actually hit reply to those mails that you get I know and somebody's there yeah, it's so funny. My, you know, when we look at like time management or where I spend my time in the organization, I, I have a, I have a goal of responding to as many responses to our newsletters as possible, like personally. And the the primary response to my response is always, "Oh my gosh, I didn't expect somebody a would human. actually yeah. respond." Yeah, I'm here. It's me. That's I'm the person behind the scenes. So you know, I'm going to plug just for our listeners. It's warmshowers.org, yes. isn't it? Correct. You, or and we are, which is. Yeah. We are, and we're the same. We're ClonakiltyBicycleFestival.org, where it's our festival listing and everything's up there. Yeah, WarmShares.org is definitely worth, if you're a host, if you don't cycle, if, you, if you're if you interested in meeting really kind people on adventures, go on and have a look and um, sign mm-hmm. up to be a host. I love it's it. And fun. I'm going to, this show will come out after your festival, but I'll still make sure that the link is in the show notes. So anybody that listens to this after it's taken place, if there's anything going on in the future, they know how to get in touch with you. And we will look forward to doing much more work together. And you guys know I'm coming to Ireland soon. So I'm <laughs> yeah, looking great. forward yeah. to possibly seeing you because I hear something Excellent. about chocolate and, yeah. you know, like food is my love language. So people say bicycle and chocolate. I'm like, oh, where, where, huh? What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll make you a chocolate. There'll be chocolate bicycles prizes for our scavenger oh. hunt. So oh, my. register for your scavenger hunt team. You might win yourself a chocolate bicycle. I mean, how amazing. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't it get better than doesn't. that. That's living the dream. <laughs> right. Well, thank you guys very much. And okay. we look forward to. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us. Or wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org. You've been listening to the Clon Bikecast, your one-stop shop podcast for all things to do with the Clonakilty Bike Festival and beyond. 
to check out the events of the bike festival, head to www.clonakiltybicyclefestival.org or hit up our Facebook page or Twitter, Clonbikefest. Happy biking! <laughs>